Welcome, fellow beer connoisseur, to Beer Tasters, a podcast dedicated to the enjoyment of one of life's true pleasures, beer. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker. And I'm Nikki Starwalker. Today, we'll tell you about a couple delightful beers that you've got to try. Cheers! Welcome back to the show, listener. Welcome to episode six of Beer Tasters, and welcome back to the show, Nikki. Thanks. So as we just said, we have a couple really tasty beers that we're trying today that we'd like to share with you. So without further ado, Nikki, why don't you tell us all about what you're drinking tonight? Okay, I'd love to. I am having a beer called Live, and it is from the Southern Tier Brewing Company out in Lakewood, New York. And my beer is 5.5% ABV. Okay. And when I poured it, I noticed that it's slightly hazy and it has kind of a kind of a golden hue to it. And the foaminess is retaining itself, uh, the head on it or the crown. And it's really tasty. When I smell it, I get a lot of floral type scents. And when I drink it, I'm getting a little bit of a grass taste, but it's in a good way. It just reminds me of a, a fresh spring day almost. Okay. And there's also like an apricot taste in there that I love. So I'm really enjoying this beer. Um, right now it's pretty cold because we just poured it. I'll have to see how it is when it gets a little bit warmer, but as it is right now, I love it. I would definitely have it again. I've had other beers by Southern Tier that I liked, but I have to say this one's my favorite so far. Now, I'm sorry if I if you said it and I missed it, but where is the Southern Tier Brewery located? No problem. They're in Lakewood, New York, and I've definitely never been there. I've been to New York once, but uh, never to Lakewood. And they make a good beer, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned this even. It's a bottle-conditioned pale ale, this beer. Okay. And it's available year-round. Okay. Well, we're both fans of the bottle-conditioned beers, usually. Yeah, I was just going to go into that a little bit because it has to do with why they named this beer live. It references the active state of the beer while it's fermenting. And you know how it works. The yeast eats the sugars in the wort, and then that converts into alcohol, right? And then they add more yeast before they package the beer. And so it goes through a secondary stage of fermentation. And so I guess they called it live because it's just so active during this state. And, and it's an exciting time to be beer, I guess. <laughs> Part of the reason they call it live is because, as you said, it's bottle conditioned which means that it is bottled with live yeast in the beer still. And then as it's in the bottle, the yeast is still active and the yeast is still breaking down sugar and making alcohol and releasing the compounds that the yeast release. It, it's kind of funny that live beer is a thing now. Like that's even something you have to state because in the old days, all beer was live. But here in the United States, a lot of times beer is filtered and so a lot of the craft beers we drink will mention that it's unfiltered and uh, the filtering process removes the yeast 
from it. And then sometimes, and I think this is mainly just like the big three beers, but sometimes beer is actually pasteurized, which kills the yeast. So, you know, back in the day saying a beer was a live beer would be pretty redundant. But these days it is kind of a distinction because a lot of your mass produced beers are not live because they've been pasteurized or they've been filtered. And a lot of people that are really into beer believe that when you filter a beer and especially when you pasteurize it, that it destroys a lot of the subtleties in the flavor. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense now. And Nikki, you know, you know from the beers that we've brewed ourselves that all of the beers we've made are bottle conditioned. And in fact, when when they're bottled, they're not even carbonated. So we pitch a little bit more sugar into the wort uh, right before we bottle. And then the yeast working on that sugar is what actually carbonates the beer once once it's bottled. Right. And you also know that the beer tastes very different um, as it ages. Like if we taste it right when we bottle it, well, for one thing, it's flat, but just the flavor is different. And then, um, you know, we would wait a couple weeks and then we taste one. And it's like, oh, it's not quite right. Wait a couple more weeks, taste it. Oh, it's not quite right. <laughs> as as um, the beer, it, it's called conditioning. And, and basically what the conditioning is, is it's some of the sediments in the beer kind of settling out to the bottom. But it's also the yeasts that are still active, the compounds that they release. And they release different compounds based on how much sugar is in the beer. So as the beer ages in the bottle, there's less and less sugar in it. And so the yeast uh, metabolize differently as there's less sugar available and they release different substances along with the alcohol that, that changes the taste. So a lot of craft beers these days are bottle conditioned. Some of the imported beers that we get from like England or Germany or Belgium are bottle conditioned. And then you have a big thing, I think, in England is uh, cask beer, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a keg, but not really. (laughs) And those are those condition in the cask. So those are live beers when they're put in a cask and they're still conditioning while they're they're in the cask and they i've never had a cask beer but there are people that that swear by it and say there's nothing like it i can't wait to try it yeah we might have to go across the pond to do that but yeah (laughs) (laughs) so along those lines playing on that term live they packaged this beer um in such a way that it looks like there are ticket stubs all over the outside of the box yeah so that's kind of fun but I would definitely have it again. I'm really enjoying it. What are you drinking, Lex? All right. I am drinking a beer I've had once before. This beer comes with, with a, a short little story. Uh, Nikki and I, well, I'm from Indiana originally, and Nikki's from Chicago originally. And a few years ago, we moved to Seattle and we lived there for what was it, about four years? And that's when I got into beer. And uh, there's a very happening beer scene over in Chicago, isn't there, Nikki? Or yeah. Chicago, Seattle. Well, Chicago too, but yeah. <laughs> well, more so in Seattle, though, right? They they I love think their so. beer there. Yeah, they have so. what over a hundred breweries. Oh, in and I, around Seattle, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, Yakima Valley, where most of the hops used in North and South America is grown, um, very close to Seattle. So that's kind of where I I got my beer education was in Seattle. And 
I didn't really drink beer when I lived here in Indiana before, so I really had no idea what kind of selection there would be. And we were very concerned moving back here that we wouldn't be able to find any decent beer. And um, we were very pleasantly surprised when we got here to find that in the time that we've been gone, craft beer has kind of arrived in Indiana and it's a thing that people are into here now. And the liquor stores around here carry a lot more craft beers than, than I remember them ever carrying before. And so we have a store near us. And as is very common, at least in the experience that we've had here in Indiana and in Washington, is uh, stores that carry craft beer, they tend to favor beers grown in that area. Growing? <laughs> well, brewed, I right. guess. Right. <laughs> Not grown. <laughs> if only beer grew on trees, but it doesn't. Um, but they prefer beers grown in that. <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> brewed in that area. Um, so when we were in Seattle, if you went to a store to buy beer, you know, they would have tons of beer that was brewed in Washington and Seattle. And then they would have less beer from other places in the U.S. And then a lot of times even less that was imported. Which kind of bummed me out because I love my imported beer. Well, here in Indiana, it's the same thing. Um, you go to buy beer and there's a lot of beer brewed here in Indiana, brewed in Illinois, Michigan, you know, elsewhere in the Midwest. We even see more East Coast beers here than I remember seeing in Washington. Mm-hmm. There's good and bad to that. Um, if you're in one state for all of your life, it, it's kind of bad because you're going to see certain things a lot right. because they're local. And then there's other things you're never going to see. But if you travel around, it's awesome. Because like when we came here to Indiana, there's all these beers we'd never heard of before. I know. That you never saw in Seattle. So the one liquor store that's pretty close to, to where we live, uh, there was a guy there that was very enthusiastic about the beer and very happy to have a couple new customers that were into beer because it's still kind of a growing culture here in Indiana. Definitely. Um, so he advised us on some beers that they had that he really liked. And, and he was really awesome. I wish we'd gotten his name. We'd mentioned him on the show. But this was a beer that he recommended to me. I told him I liked Belgian triples. So he recommended this beer. It's by Victory Brewery and it's called Golden Monkey. And it's a triple ale with spice added. And I reviewed another Belgian style triple on the show, the Le Fin de Monde from Canada. Oh, that's right. And I really hate to say it. I, I love Canada, but I think this one's a little better. Oh, so Victory Brewing Company is from Downington, Pennsylvania. Shout out. Yeah. And so this is, to my knowledge, this is the only beer by them I've had. This is really good. This is probably, except for maybe Elysian's Triple, which they don't make anymore, this might be the best non-Belgian Triple I've ever had. And I'm not sure if it's better or not quite as good as Elysian's because I haven't had Elysian's for a few years. You know, I'd have mm -hmm. to have them side by side. Yeah. But this is really good. It is 9.5% alcohol, which is actually a bit higher than a lot of triples I've had. Usually triples are 7 point something percent. Okay. And here's what it says on the label. A magical mystical monkey whose golden soul glows with the wisdom of the ages. This radiant ale is rich in the spirited tradition of the Belgian-inspired brewer. Brewing. 
<laughs> Our golden monkey is both playfully delightful and profoundly satisfying. Exotic spice from the east rounds out this global journey to joy. Get on board. This monkey's bound for glory. <laughs> and it has an awesome image on the label. It's hard to describe. It's like if you imagine a cross between like a Buddha, like sitting in meditative pose with the mm -hmm. big belly and like a Hindu style God with like the multiple arms. Okay. Only his hands are covering his face and he's got this huge eyeball on his belly. <laughs> it's really weird. And he has a tail like a monkey. Mm-hmm. So wow. I think it's it, it's I think it's supposed to be like a four armed monkey, but it looks like like a Buddha. But then he's he's making the one mudra, the you know the like yogic mudra. <laughs> so it's very like cross cultural right. <laughs> illustration here, which is pretty <laughs> amusing. So like I said, this is uh, one of the best, if not the best, non Belgian triples that I've had. It's golden in color. It's uh, very tasty, very spicy. I don't think it says, I believe it's spiced with coriander and it's delicious, very well balanced. So if you would like to try a triple and see what a triple's like and you can't find a Belgian one or you can't afford one, uh, this is a good one. This will give you a good idea. It's still not quite as good as an authentic Belgian triple, but it's really close. Okay. So you would definitely have that beer again, I take it. Yes, yes. I'm I'm a big fan. And like I said, I now that I've had it a couple times, I think I actually prefer it to uh, Le Fin de Monde. Le Fin de Monde has this aftertaste to it, and I think it's from the wheat that I'm not a fan of, and this mm -hmm. doesn't have that at all. Do you want to try it, Nikki? Sure. Very tasty, and I agree with you. I think it's better than the Le Fin de Monde, but the smell at first is intensely spicy to me. And then when I actually sip it, I actually get a little bit of plum on the, the taste buds. Do you taste that? No, but you, you could get that taste because I have seen triples that were described as having a plum aspect to their taste. Okay, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, you're definitely not crazy. I was going to say this is actually still pretty cold and I'm not sure what temperature triples are officially meant to be drunk at but mm -hmm. for my personal taste i find that they like ipas they get better as they warm up a little bit mm -hmm. um, you don't want to drink it like room temperature like a stout or something but if you're getting it out of like an american refrigerator let it sit for like at least 10 minutes and it the the flavor really comes out a lot more after that, I think. Okay. It's funny you should say that because the beer I'm drinking right now live, they actually recommend that you drink it at about 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And I know okay. right out of the fridge, we're looking at what, 32, 33? Um, probably 34, 35. Okay. But, but yeah, okay. it's but at still least a little 10 cold. degrees colder than, than what it should be. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you're really awesome, you can have a refrigerator just for your beer with a digital thermostat and set it at like 40 degrees or whatever. Yeah, that would be sweet. So actually, I didn't try yours, Nikki. Oh, you have to come over and try it. You know, that's really good. That is very malty. I like it. Uh, it's not nearly as hoppy as a lot of pale ales I've had are. Mm -hmm. I, I tell you what, you want to taste a malty beer. I mean, that it's like drinking liquid grain. 
<laughs> it's like I feel like I'm in a granary when I drink that. Or when we would go, uh, when we lived in Seattle and we go to the brew store to buy our malts to mm-hmm. make beer and, and how you'd walk in and you could just smell the grain oh, like all around you. You're right. That's what I, that reminds me of. I do taste of. that. Yeah. yeah. And I like it because there is just a tiniest bite maybe of bitterness, but it's so subtle and well balanced that it's easy to drink because it's so malt forward. Yeah. And if you are kind of curious, like what, what does a malt forward beer taste like? What's your beer called again, Nikki? It's called Live by Southern Tier. Yeah, try this Southern Tier Live. Yeah, there might even be some honey taste in there. It's wonderful. Yeah, so two more beers from from us. I I just realized uh, as we were making this today that we've done a couple pale ales now, right? Yes, and that's my fault. For some reason, I've had a terrible craving for a great pale ale. That's okay. And, And we've done a couple triples. Mm-hmm. Which which isn't a surprise. Triple's probably my, my favorite style. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my triples. I don't know about the triple, but the, the pale ale is definitely a good beginner beer. You know, if you're just getting into the hobby and you're wondering, you know, what to try, I would recommend, well, actually the first thing I'd recommend is probably a good Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pilsner or Kell is a favorite of mine. If you are in the Seattle area, Georgetown makes an excellent Pilsner, isn't it? Called oh, Roger or something like yes. that. Yes. Don't remind me of it. I wish I could get it here. Yeah. It's um, called Rogers. Yeah. That's that's a really good Pilsner. Once you try to Pilsner, I think the next place to go after that might be uh, might be a pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, maybe a triple and then maybe an IPA and then uh, then explore the world of dark beers right porters and stouts yeah i would do a a stout first and then move on to porters isn't a porter less on the dark spectrum than a stout though you know i don't know that would be something to look up i am not very well versed in dark beer i i prefer triples and my wheat beers and uh ipas and pale ales and stuff like that okay Um, I tend to prefer the more yellow beers. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I've noticed that you also like some spice in your beer. Yes. Yes. I love Belgian beers. Now, I do like doubles and quads, which are two Belgian styles that are darker, but still nothing like a stout. Mm -hmm. Speaking of stouts, uh, I saw on Twitter, I think it was today or yesterday. No, it was today that Georgetown is brewing their chocolate stout right now. And they were saying the brewery smells like brownies. What? Oh yeah. I don't think we ever had that, did we? No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would murder a few people to try Georgetown's <laughs> chocolate stout because we, when we were in Seattle, um, in the Seattle area, kind of <laughs> a, a very common beer to find in restaurants and whatnot is Manny's, which is Georgetown's pale ale. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. It's one of my favorite pale ales, if not my favorite. My favorite IPA is Lucille by Georgetown. And I think actually the way I was introduced to Lucille, if I'm if I remember correctly, was at Cinnabar, yeah. which is a movie theater in Mount Lake Terrace near near Seattle, where you can drink beer while you watch your movie which is a brilliant concept. Lucille was the IPA they had on tap one time, and I loved it. 
And so I was a big fan of Lucille. And then, of course, I had to try Manny's because it was the same brewery like that. So we went to the Georgetown Brewery and did the whole tour. And we got to sample a bunch of their beers. And that's when you first had the Rogers Pilsner. And I think that's the first Pilsner you ever really liked. Correct. Yeah, I was blown away because I did not expect to like it. Just because I haven't found a Pilsner that I thought was great. And, you know, that I could drink whenever I wanted a beer. You know, I would be like, oh, I'll grab this Pilsner. I just, I've never found that until I discovered Rogers. Yeah. And, and we tried every beer that they had there for us to try, and there wasn't one that we didn't like. I know. They were wonderful. Yeah, Georgetown is just one of those breweries where everything they make is good. Unfortunately, they don't bottle their beer, and I respect the reasons for that. And, and we asked them about that when we, we were there, and they take their craft so seriously that they're concerned about what the bottling process is. And then not being able to control what temperature the beers are stored at and how long they're stored and things like that, like what that would do to the quality of their beer. And they don't want someone over in Boston to have a Manny's that was bottled and maybe cooled and warmed and cooled and warmed and cooled again and, and, you know, stored under UV light and all this stuff to taste it and be like, wow, this is pretty terrible. And it's not because of the Manny's, it's because of the fact that it wasn't stored properly so they don't bottle it so you can only get it in kegs so if you're not in the you know pacific northwest or i don't know i mean i imagine even here in indiana a bar could get a keg of manny's or lucille if they wanted to but they probably won't (laughs) yeah i really don't know but i do think that it's definitely a legitimate concern for them after seeing the way that some of the stores store their beer. Oh, sure. I mean, I find beer that are certainly months old, but I know to be a year old, you know, and they're covered in dust. And it's like, how are you still, how is this still on the shelf? These beers have a shelf life. They are food. (laughs) A perfect example is Pilsner Urkel, which I'm a huge fan of. When we lived in Seattle, I bought Pilsner Urkel all the time because it was a great beer I could get in even 12 packs. And it was just like, you know, it's not like my my all-time favorite beer, but just for like my second or third beer of the day or just, you know, when I just want to toss one back and I'm not too concerned about it. I I love a good Pilsner Urkel. They're really good. Mm -hmm. But since we've lived in Indiana, I have not once bought Pilsner Urkel, even though I've found it many places. And the reason why is it says right on the packaging of Pilsner Urkel that it is shipped cold. Mm -hmm. But yeah, everywhere here in Indiana that I've seen it, it's at room temperature. It's stored at room temperature. So they ship this beer all the way across the ocean cold. (laughs) (laughs) And then these jack fucks in Indiana got it and they're storing it in the store at room temperature. And then you're going to bring it home and you're going to cool it down again. Do you know what that does to your beer people? It's not good, especially a, a lager like Pilsner Urkel, where the the flavors are so subtle and so finely balanced to begin with. You right. know, it over oxidizes the beer and it gives it that skunked taste. And it's like, I'm not even going to buy it because I know it's not going to be good because, you know, the fucktards here in Indiana don't store their beer right. Yeah. And in extreme cases, 
of misuse. I mean, you could make somebody sick serving them a beer like that. Yes, I I got very sick on some Heineken when we were in Seattle that had not been stored properly and was skunked. Right. Remember that? That was I not do, fun. I do, unfortunately. <laughs> that was not fun at all. No. So this is a side note, but as my beer is warming up over here, I'm tasting tangerine now. Awesome. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, mine's getting better as it warms up too. It probably sat in this glass a good 10 minutes before I even talked about it on the show. And it's been, well, let's see, we're, we're getting close to 30 minutes. So you might even want to let that sit in your glass at least 20 minutes. Takes a while to warm up. I guess so. So yeah, storage is very important. We could have a whole episode on that someday. I will tell you, two two things that are anathema to good, good beer are ultraviolet light and uh, temperature changes. <laughs> so what's, what's really best probably is if the beer comes from the brewery at room temperature and it's maintained at that temperature and you buy it at that temperature and then you take it home and you put it in your fridge because then at least you know you're okay. You know, in, a, in an ideal world, the best thing would be if it comes from the brewery and then it's shipped cold and kept cold through the whole process. But, you know, you don't know how it's shipped, what kind of truck it's shipped in. You don't know how it's stored in a warehouse or stored in the back room of the beer store or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. My favorite way to get beer is just go straight to the brewing company and get a growler. <laughs> well, yeah, if you can. <laughs> If you can do that right. every day, that'd be great. I know, right? But yeah, and then and then light, um, ultraviolet light speeds the oxidation process of beer, which can lead to all kinds of bad pro- uh, flavors in your beer, including that kind of skunky flavor and like soap-like flavors and just mm-hmm. bad flavors all around, which is why um, cans are actually a really good way to store beer because no light gets in it at all. And then probably the next thing after that is the dark brown bottles, which blocks most of the UV. But those beers that come in clear glass bottles or even the light green bottles, those are not blocking much light at all. And guess what? Pilsner Raquel comes in a green bottle. Mm -hmm. But they they started, they they changed their packaging. Their packaging now the uh for the pilsner raquel the six packs and the 12 packs are completely enclosed in cardboard oh that's right i saw that yeah so at least it's protected from the light but it's still not protected from the ignorance of people in the midwest that don't (laughs) know how to store beer watch out lex you're gonna offend a few people (laughs) anybody who might be offended it's because they live in the midwest and they know what i'm talking about and they're not (laughs) going to be offended i'm pretty sure (laughs) (laughs) See, we can say it. Outsiders can't say it. Then we'd be offended. But if it's someone, you know, right. from the Midwest from saying here. it, then it's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to wrap up episode six of Beer Tasters. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at beertasterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Google Plus. Just search for Lex Starwalker. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nikki Starwalker. And I'm also on Google Plus. Just search for Nikki Starwalker. That's right. And please visit our website, starwalkerstudios.com, where you can find information and links about the beers that we drink and some cool videos. I know I'm going to have a video for the... uh, 
golden monkey that I'm going to embed in the show notes. And you can also find our other podcasts that we do. If you like the show and would like to see it continue, please support us. A great way that you can do so is to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and or review. We'd really appreciate it. Another great way that you can support the show is to check us out on Joyride at getjoyride.com slash beer tasters. And Joyride is a new cross-platform way for you to get your podcast. You can get it on Android or iPhone or on your computer or on your tablet. And pretty soon you're going to be able to get it in your car. And the awesome thing about Joyride is you can also support the podcast you love like this one through Joyride by becoming a supporter and you give us a donation every month and we have some cool little perks and thank yous for doing so. So check that out at getjoyride.com slash beer tasters. Or if you'd prefer just to give us a one-time donation, you can do that through our donate button on our website at starwalkerstudios.com. So we like to end the show with our beer tasters challenge. This week, try something new. Try a beer you've never tried before. Or if you're feeling especially adventurous, try a style you've never tried before. Until next time, I'm Lex Starwalker. And I'm Nikki Starwalker. Enjoy life. And enjoy your beer. Cheers. Cheers. Time to go drink some more Golden Monkey. <laughs> this episode's music provided by Kevin McLeod. Please see the show notes for more details at starwalkerstudios.com slash beer tasters.